Welcome to the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, where high-achieving, goal-oriented rebel women come to learn how to live a vibrant and fulfilling life without requiring alcohol to get through it. No labels, no judgments, no saying you'll never drink again, just real proven methods to help you stop rebelling against yourself with alcohol so you can drink less and do more. I'm your host, Angela Masenik. Let's dig in. Welcome to episode 99, the 2020 version of how to enjoy the holidays without over drinking. Hello, hello, hello. Episode 99. Woo woo. Are you guys excited? (laughs) Just a friendly reminder, I am hosting a podcast party and recording my 100th episode live next week, y'all. So at 7 p.m. Eastern time on the 23rd, next Monday, I am hosting my 100th episode and I'm inviting my special guests back And we're going to have a fun discussion and a podcast party celebrating 100 episodes of this amazing podcast. The Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast is probably one of the one of my favorite things that I've created since becoming a life coach. And I get to reach so many people through this podcast. We have between 12 and 15,000 downloads a month. So my message is getting out to y'all and I hear so often that it's helped and some of the things that I teach are helping you all drink less and improving your relationships and losing weight and all the things. And I just know that by celebrating big for our 100th episode, we're going to reach even more people and help even more. So click through and sign up to join the podcast party. All right. Who's ready to hear who won the final $100 Amazon gift card? I am so excited to read this review from Elizabeth. She titled her review, The Skeptical Optimist. She wrote, I've been lurking and shadowing Angela's podcast, emails, Facebook advertisements, and episodes for almost a year now. I finally decided to take part in her five-week Feel Better Now course this last month, and I'm so glad that I did. Angela has an amazing way of pushing through all the clutter and doubt and making it clear what steps I need to take to make real changes in my life and behavior. I have been able to examine my thoughts, which lead to feelings and actions much better already in this short amount of time. I feel in control of my actions and feel I can make life plans and decisions by consciously choosing how I want to think. It's so freeing and so very helpful. This is my first time with a life coach, and I thank Angela for helping me take my life to the next level. No shame or blame, just positive steps forward. Highly recommend. Oh my gosh, Elizabeth, thank you so much for this amazing review. And, you know, I think sometimes just pulling that trigger, right? And like going in and investing in yourself and doing the work is the big difference. I hear from so many of my clients that, yes, we listen, we read books, we watch videos, right? We attend free classes, but until we actually put money on the table sometimes and actually apply what we are learning through these resources, that's when we see the biggest change. So I highly recommend that you guys consider investing in yourselves to do this work. If you've been lurking, like Elizabeth says, or listening for a long time and on the fence about pulling the trigger and joining, once you do that, you are invested into yourself and you want to make good on that investment. And 
I couldn't agree with what Elizabeth has said more. And I want to be that, be there for you and help you guys get over that hurdle and finally do this stuff, right? Like there's just nothing better than being free from the shame and the guilt and the regret and moving forward and moving past some of these things that are causing us to drink. And I can for sure help you. So listen, if you want to join me in my Stop Over Drinking and Start Living program, now is your chance. <laughs> I'm raising my prices for 2021, and I only have five more spots to join me this year for 2020. So get your applications in. You can click through the show notes and go to the application page where there's three short videos that I highly encourage you to watch. Read through all of the information on that page and get your application in. I'll review your application within 24 hours of you submitting it to me and I'll send you a text to and let you know if you're approved and we'll set up a short phone call for us for me to answer any questions you have about the program and we'll make a decision together if joining now is a good choice for you. All right my friends, enjoy this live class that I taught last night called How to Enjoy the Holidays Without Over Drinking, the 2020 version. Bye for now. Welcome to How to Enjoy the Holidays Without Overdrinking. My name is Angela Masenik. I'm your host for today's class. I'm a certified life coach. I'm also the host and the creator of the Stop Overdrinking and Start Living podcast. And I have created a six-month Stop Overdrinking and Start Living program for women who want to take what I teach to the next level and solve the underlying issues of why they overdrink in the first place. So just a little bit of history about me and my story with alcohol. It's probably very similar to yours. I drank a lot. Um, I drank a lot in college, after college. Um, this is my husband, Peter. We got married in a winery in Sonoma County, California. Um, this is me in Vegas. <laughs> um, and this was me just on a regular, you know, probably Tuesday night after work in the middle, um, trying to ungrouch myself is what I posted on Instagram. I used wine a lot to manage my anxiety and my overwhelm with having three little kids and working full time and just sort of the regular grind day to day life. Um, it really started to become an issue with me when I after I did have kids and I was working full time and my husband was working full time and we're both traveling and trying to like manage all the moving parts of it. And I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of overwhelm. And I would come home at the end of the day and drink wine and numb out that anxiety. Like I really thought I, I didn't know how to handle it. And I would have like, my throat would be clenched up and I would just like be kind of panicky. And I would turn to wine to alleviate that feeling for myself. Not only did I use it for that, but I used it to celebrate too. So like on weekends and vacations and social outings, you know, I definitely overdrank in all of those times. And, um, you know, I, I feel like when I had kids, like I was still kind of like, holding on to my youth a little bit with alcohol and being like, I was still trying to be cool and prove that I could still have a good time and hang, you know, with my friends and family. Um, and I didn't want to be a boring mom. So I, I identified with alcohol. I had a big love relationship with wine. Like I said, my husband and I got married in a winery and, um, you know, we were into it. We lived in California. We went to the Napa and Sonoma all the time. We had wine club memberships. I would host wine tasting parties at my house. Like we made vacations out of it. It was definitely a part of my life. And I never thought that I would, first of all, be a life coach to help people stop over drinking, but be, now I don't drink at all. Um, that was never my goal in, in my own work to do this. I just wanted to cut back and I did for a while. And then I decided I really didn't like it anymore at all. Like I, my taste for it changed, my desires for it changed. It didn't add anything to my life. So I decided, you know, to be done with it. But 
now I help women stop over drinking. I don't say that I help you quit. If that is your goal, I can help you do that for sure. But I help women stop over drinking. And I think that's a really good um, segue into them cutting back because so many people like the idea of quitting for most of us is like too much. Like we can't imagine that it's way too (laughs) out there, but we want some tools and strategies to cut back. So we don't feel the need and the reliance on it so heavily like we do now. So the gist of this is like, if I can stop over drinking, most of you guys can too. (laughs) I believe really, really believe that anyone can stop over drinking, even during the holidays by applying what I'm teaching you tonight in this class. I just had a spoke with a client this morning who was a part of my six month program, who's just wrapping up her six months inside the coaching program. And she thought she was an alcoholic and had the disease for 25 years and would, you know, was secretly, you know, thinking she needed to go to AA until she really got to the underlying reasons why she was over drinking and took away all the stigmas and all of the loathing and the guilt and the shame that she associated with drinking too much. She got to get better. And now she doesn't drink that much at all. She went from drinking, you know, 15 to 20 drinks, drinks a week to two to three drinks a week. And she doesn't think that she has a disease or a problem anymore. And she's 100% able to manage it. So even, you know, if you think that you have family or relatives or, you know, it's in your blood, like I don't believe any of that alcohol and the way we drink it. Most of us here on this call is, is done through repetitive behavior. The reason why you're over drinking it, even if it's just during the holidays or during COVID or whatever it is, is because you've drank it a lot repetitively. (laughs) We weren't born with this. This is a learned behavior. And I'm going to get into that a little bit during the class. So my intentions for today's call is to really look at life coaching and and understand if it makes sense for you um, to help curb your overdrinking issues. And then I'm going to tell you why we overdrink in the first place. I think that's really important for everyone to understand. It's like we that's something that I used to question myself all the time. It was why do I do this? Why do I say I'm not going to drink and keep doing it over and over again? And then I'm going to get into the meat of the class, which, which is how to enjoy the holidays without over drinking. And then I'm going to answer your questions. I'm going to tell you how you can work with me going forward. If you're interested in joining me for coaching, I'm going to tell you what the details of that looks like, and we can go from there. So stick around for the whole class. At the end, if you do want to work with me, I'm going to be offering you all some fast acting Um, bonuses for people that get their applications in to join my coaching program within the next 24 hours. So you don't want to miss out on that. So I just want to preface it with this. This is not a recovery program. If you need alcohol to function or to get through the day or to just operate and you're, you know, waking up and you're drinking in the morning and and you need it to function, this is not the program for you. You're welcome to stay, but most of the people that I help and help the most are they can take a day off of drinking without any big issues. They don't worry about going into withdrawals. Um, really, it's it's I'm not able to help you get off of it like that because I'm not I don't have a medical credential. I'm a certified life coach. We look at um, creating goals, executing plans, thinking about the future and changing your thoughts around the areas in your life to make you feel better so that you by default stop over drinking. So life coaching, again, just identifies the areas of opportunities in your life um, that you may feel kind of hung up on, right? So most of you guys are here probably because you drink too much, (laughs) or you might be doing the same thing with food. Um, We look at those areas where you might feel stuck, we create goals around those areas, and then we execute the plan, just like a plan for like work, you know, in your business or, you know, at your job where you are creating something. It's the same thing with our personal goals. Um, And then we put time limits on that and we 
make sure that we're moving forward in, in a progressing way. Um, life coaching also teaches you how to follow through on the commitments that you've made to yourself to stop that on again, off again cycle, you know, taking a 30 day break and then it creeping back in or, you know, saying you're not going to drink during the week and then it kind of creeps back in. Right. So we make it a permanent solution by changing the way we think about alcohol, changing the way we we understand how we're using it to alleviate some of our issues in our lives and further investigation of why we're using it in the first place. And then we life coaching and the way I teach my clients is I empower them to learn how to do this on their own. So I teach them tactics, which you guys are going to learn today about how to coach yourself and how to think about things differently and how to show up differently. So we don't keep relying on things like alcohol or food or shopping or Facebook scrolling, right? These kind of buffering behaviors to make ourselves feel better. So I just want you all to know that you're not alone. These are quotes that my members have put inside of our program. Um, most of us are just high achieving women. Like we've got families and businesses and things going on in our lives. Um, and there's nothing wrong with us. So somebody wrote, is this really happening? I realized that I have not been waking up to a feeling of anxiety and dread like I usually do. I actually feel positive. And I'm looking forward to taking on the day. So this is a big statement for somebody that wakes up every morning and thinks, oh, I overdrink again last night. Like if you know that pattern, you know how much that sucks. So when you don't have that anymore and you wake up, you feel good and you feel excited and positive about what's going on the day. That's a huge win for you. Somebody wrote hashtag celebrate. Holy F I've made it through this week without drinking. So glad I was able to get coached before heading to Colorado. Another one wrote, this program and this experiment is generating such a calm and I dare say confidence that is unbelievable. I've been reading other material about how the brain works. I'm telling you, Angela Masenic knows her shit. She is uh, talking tried and true knowledge about the brain and packaging it in a way that is relevant, absorbable, and giving us actionable steps that work. All I can say is I love this. This is another really good one. Today was tough. I just opened a bottle of wine to pour an unplanned glass because I thought it doesn't matter and I deserve this. And then I stopped myself, paused, thought, nope, I deserve to honor my commitments, recorked it, poured water and walked away. I don't think I've ever uncorked a bottle of wine and not poured and consumed a glass. Excited about this. So this is just some of the feedback that we get on a regular basis inside the coaching program. If I can do it, if these ladies can do it, you guys can do it too. So I'd like to just check in with y'all right now and see where you are. So in the Q&A box, right, um, what typically happens with you around holidays and alcohol? So is it like you start drinking on Halloween and it's like all out until January 2nd? Um, you know, do you feel like you gain a lot of weight during the holidays because of the alcohol and the food? Um, how long have you been in this pattern? And then besides the holidays, what other times do you overdrink? And then what happens the next day after you overdrink? Do you go in the shame cycle? Are you beating yourself up? Do you, you know, need to sleep later? Do you not get the stuff done that you want to do? Like, give me, give me a little pulse about where you guys are um, with drinking in the holidays and then some other patterns that you might have with overdrinking. So just take a minute and put that in the Q&A box. Teresa says, I overdrink all the time, but more so during the holidays. Joy says, parties usually go overboard with booze, maybe different with segregation with COVID. Social functions are tough. Kathy says, gain weight because of alcohol and food, overdrink other times, not only holidays. I really overdrink and stay in bed until two in the afternoon. Yes. Jennifer says, ooh, you overeat the next day. Oh my gosh, me too. I used to do that all the time. Like even during the night of the overdrinking, I would overeat, <laughs> Over order pizza, get hamburgers, crazy. Start drinking early and continuing through dinner, overeating too. 
Lots of drinking with family and friends during the holidays and traveling, overeating. Yes, Julia says it's a combo of being tired and frazzled, overscheduled, dealing with family. Julia, and then do you drink from that place? It's like, oh, I just, I can't handle this without having some wine. <laughs> Danielle says, definitely go into the holidays with a YOLO attitude. Overeat, feel shame. What's YOLO? You guys need to enlighten me. <laughs> drink much more usual from Thanksgiving until New Year's. Yeah. And COVID has made it worse. Generally more drinking during the holidays, especially with family. Been over drinking for about five years and eat too much when drinking. Yep. Second glass is hard to stop. Oh, you only live once is YOLO. I knew that actually, but thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, Robin, she says, I just thought it was, I was not a good sleeper and had some weird fatigue issue. Now I think it's drinking probably. Yeah, sleep, like sometimes alcohol puts us asleep and then um, it doesn't really keep us asleep very well. For me anyway, I would wake up at like three or four o'clock in the morning, sweating, heart palpitations, heartburn terrible, terrible. And I would panic and like, look at the time and wonder how many hours I had left. And I would try to chug a, you know, a huge glass of water. It was not fun. Mm, Mary says, drink and eat from Halloween until Valentine's. Yeah. Yep. Elaine says, over drink and overeat during the whole holiday season. I don't want to miss out, feel terrible because of shame and lack of self-control. Yep. Day drinking on the holidays on the weekends. I feel bloated and hung over the next day. That's the worst, the puffiness. Yes, the day after you have to sleep longer, which means you sometimes have to cancel plans. I hate this, yep. Lori says, I've been in this pattern for about 15 years. I over drink on date night with my husband and at parties and holiday parties. And I wake up to be an angry husband who I'm tired of apologizing to. I feel awful, yes. Boredom, yes. Uh, thank you for all of you telling me what YOLO means. <laughs> Happy it's the holiday, sad because it's the holidays. Love to see family, hate to see family. Result is drink. Yes, it's like the, the pendulum, right? So it's like, ooh, this is so exciting. Ooh, I hate this, right? And we're just like, either we're happy or we're upset and we're drinking on both occasions, right? Yes. You guys are all, I'm, I'm not going to be able to read all of the comments, but um, it, you guys are all on point. <laughs> yep. Melissa said, I drink every evening, four glasses of wine consistently, don't sleep well and wake up with anxiety daily, have terrible dreams, panic and feel like my life is being wasted, drink even more on the weekends and feel tired all day and have little desire to do what I planned for the entire weekend. Yeah. That was one thing for me too, is that as I got older, it took me a long time to recover, even just like drinking a bottle of wine. So like when I was in my younger, in my twenties, you know, early thirties, I could drink a bottle of wine. It really didn't affect me that much. I might be tired the next day, but like, as I got older, um, a bottle of wine, it would take me two days to recover from that. The puffiness, the fatigue, just, it would just knock me out. It just was not a good time anymore. Like I felt like I exhausted the fun out of alcohol. <laughs> All right. So I hope you guys can see that you're in the right place, um, that you resonate with a lot of the same things that people are saying here. So it's your time. All right. So I promise if you follow these simple steps that I'm going to teach you tonight, that you're going to enjoy the holidays more than when you did when you were over drinking and overeating, because all of you have said that you don't like doing it. Right. <laughs> I want you to remember that. 
You don't like doing what you're doing and that's why you're here. Okay. So it's going to be a little uncomfortable to say, no, thank you. And to work through some urges and, but you have to remember that you're already really uncomfortable right now, right? Instead, what I'm going to recommend that you do is you're going to choose to be uncomfortable on purpose for the sake of feeling comfortable tomorrow. Does that make sense? So you're going to choose to say no and you're, you know, significantly less now. And that's going to be uncomfortable and awkward for most of you because you're not used to doing that, right? We have to learn how to be social without over drinking. We have to learn how to be around annoying family members without over drinking. We have to learn how to celebrate without over drinking. Most of us never have really learned how to do that, especially for sort of somebody like me. I grew up with alcohol, right? So like in late high school, all through college, like I never went to a social engagement without drinking. I learned how to be social with drinking, right? My family members drink, everybody I hung out with drink, like it was just around me all the time. And so once I decided that I was going to work on this for myself, I had to learn how to be in social situations and have conversations and be uncomfortable. And it felt awkward at first, but like, you can do it. It's just a skill that you haven't learned how to do yet. But hopefully after tonight, you will have some like really solid things that you can practice and work on. And it won't be so hard for you to do. All right. So why we over drink, we over drink because we're seeking to feel an emotion. We currently don't feel in the moment we want to drink. Okay. So the, the example I use most of the time is well, let's just use a holiday example since this is a class about the holidays. So say you're going to a holiday party for work and probably not many of us are doing this right now, but just bear with me, <laughs> okay? So you've got a holiday, you know, holiday party for work, right? And you're getting to the holiday party and you walk into the restaurant or whatever it is and you look around, maybe you're by yourself and you might feel a little nervous, right? Or a little anxious or just like shy, you know? And so you go to the bar and you order a drink because we don't like feeling those feelings that I just mentioned, like the shyness, a little anxious, a little nervous, right? Those we're not used to being with our feelings, right? So we go get a drink at the bar to milk, to help us feel more relaxed or more open and less jittery, right? So we're using alcohol in this situation to feel something that we currently don't feel. It's the same situation at the end of the day drinking, right? So like you've worked all day long or whatever you did all day, you're, you, you, you're not feeling relaxed, right? You're probably been running around doing all your things all day. Maybe you're stressed, maybe you're overwhelmed, maybe you're bored, right? And you don't wanna feel those feelings. So you look to alcohol, you look to food to help you unwind, to help you relax, to help you de-stress, right? So. You're using alcohol as a tool to help you feel something that you currently don't feel. And it's not like you're walking around saying this in your brain. You're just like, oh, I just want to relax. Oh, I just want to take the edge off. Oh, I'm just, I just want it, right? Like you're not, you're not using the language that I'm talking about. It's just, it's an unconscious movement that's happening when you have a feeling and your feelings drive you to take action. And right now, most of you guys, your feelings are driving you to, to pour a drink or to go grab some food to alleviate some of those uncomfortable feelings, right? So we're seeking relaxation to unwind, to de-stress, to take the edge off, or to feel joy and to feel celebratory too on the good end of it. And so we unconsciously believe that alcohol is a solution to feel something that we currently don't feel. This is why you overdrink. There is no other reason. Okay. Now, <laughs> I'm not a brain scientist or anything, but I've done a lot of research on this. 
and studying and talking to hundreds of women and studying this stuff hard. And I don't believe that there's any other underlying reason why we do this. Our, we're, we're, our human behavior exists like this. We are driven to avoid pain and um, seek pleasure and to save energy. That's our motivational triad. So if we're in emotional pain, let's say anxiety, we're, our brain is going to drive us to get out of that anxiety to seek pleasure. Okay. So that's how we stay safe and alive. It's like, Ooh, go seek some pleasure, stay safe and alive and save your energy. And wine and food is a very easy thing for us to do. We don't have to put a lot of effort out to get that relief. Right. We also have a lot of programmed beliefs and some of these programmed beliefs, like in our society that tells us that everybody drinks, all of our friends drinks, that everybody drinks during the holidays or that we need wine to have fun, right? We're, we're sold on these messages in our society that alcohol is the solution to everything. Like any TV program you watch, any movie, commercials, you're on social media, you see your friends with their fancy cocktails. It's just like, it's everywhere. And you won't, once you start noticing it, you won't be able to unnotice it. But it's like, we're constantly being sold messaging that alcohol makes our life better. <laughs> we're not being sold all the other shit times, right? Like all of the waking up feeling terrible and puffy and the overeating, like we're not talking about that, right? Because there's so much shame around talking about this stuff. We're only sold the glamorous side of it. And so we, we adapt these program beliefs in our mind, which are just thoughts, like everyone drinks during the holidays. I need wine to have fun. I can't imagine going to a holiday work event and only having wine. Everyone drinks. I should be able to drink. This is the only thing I get to do. We're in a pandemic. I can't handle my family, right? So I'm sure all of you guys have had these thoughts in your brain before, <laughs> but just know that they can be changed. We don't have to keep change, keep having these program beliefs because every single one of these beliefs that you have about alcohol is leading you to drink more than you actually want to be drinking. So why is it so hard to cut back? We don't know how to handle. We don't know how to be in that, uh, that uncomfortable feeling that I was mentioning earlier. So we give into it and we just create more desire for the alcohol and we do that over and over again. Okay. So say you're not going to drink and you've probably already tried this a lot on your own. You're say you're not going to drink one night. Okay. And then you, the time comes when you're normally drinking and you get a really strong urge to drink and your mind starts chattering, right? It's like, I said I wasn't going to drink and God, I really want to drink and no, I'm not going to do it. And just like the back and forth chatter about it all. And oh, it doesn't matter. Right. And you might be able to white knuckle and resist that for a while. And then you might give into it. But when you give into it, you just create more desire for it the next time. So it makes it even harder for you to cut back the next time because you just keep feeding that neural pathway. You just make it um, stronger and deeper and harder. So like think about a path in the woods that somebody has walked on over and over and over and over again, right? That's the same sort of neural pathway that's in your brain. If you keep doing the same thing over and over and over again, it's a very strong neural loop, all right? So it's hard to unwire that loop. It's really, it feels uncomfortable. That's like those urges and the, the uncomfortable feeling that you have because you've programmed your brain to stay on that loop by repetitive drinking, okay? So we give in in those times and it makes it hard to cut back, right? So it just seems like I can't do this, what, you know, and we beat ourselves up about it and it just keeps the cycle going. We have a lot of stigmas around saying that we want to cut back, right? It's like, oh my gosh, if you say you want to cut back, you, you have AA, you're an alcoholic and you got to go to AA and quit forever, right? And then there's like, you feel shunned and there's something wrong with you and you got to say you have a disease for the rest of your life. So we don't want to say that. 
out loud, right? Because we don't want to do that. So we hold ourselves back from getting help because we don't want to identify ourselves that way. Also, just saying that we're going to take a break or take a 30-day break from alcohol or putting ourselves on a drink diet doesn't help because you're not solving the underlying issues to why you were drinking in the first place. And the reason why you're over drinking in the first place, remember, is because you're using alcohol as a tool to feel something that you currently don't feel in the moment. You have an emotional attachment to alcohol. Most of you guys do here. I never knew that that term even existed when I was doing this stuff. But this is what I've come to discover about it is like when you use alcohol as a tool to feel something, you require it to manage your feelings. And it just doesn't work because our feelings actually aren't created by doing things outside of ourselves. Our feelings are created by how we're thinking. So it's like when you drink from that place, it's like you just can't get enough. That's when we over drink. Okay. So like if you're feeling stressed or anxious or something like that at the end of the day, and you think, oh, just, just one glass of wine won't hurt. You know that you don't usually stop at one glass of wine because you're using it to solve your emotions. And it's just not the appropriate tool to do that. It might take the edge off in the moment, but it's not addressing the underlying issue of your feelings. You haven't processed your feelings and worked through them and, and uncovered why you were having that feeling in the first place, right? So it's like, it just doesn't solve that problem. So if you just remove it from your house or say you're not gonna drink, you're not getting to the underlying issues. So like if you bring it back in the house or you go to a party or around it again, all of this stuff is gonna come back and you're just gonna be right back where you were in the first place. So first step in how to enjoy the holidays and not over drink is I want you guys to write down some goals. So if you have your pen and paper in front of you and you can even just put this in the Q&A box, I want you to think about what kind of drinking experience and what your goals are around the holidays with alcohol. Okay. So you want to decide this ahead of time. <laughs> so like next week is Thanksgiving, right? So you want to decide what your goals are right now, or, you know, within the next 24 hours and what you want to have this holiday season. Okay. Do you want to abstain from alcohol for the holiday season? Do you want to drink significantly less like one to two times a week, you know, two glasses per occasion, or do you want to drink more than you usually do? You get to decide ahead of time how much you, you want to drink or if you want to abstain or if you want to drink more. Okay, so I would just write down if one of these goals here resonates with you, write that down. Okay. And then you just decide what you want to do with it. And I want to tell you, there's no more virtue than drinking less versus drinking more. You're not bad if you decide that you want to drink more. And you're not better if you decide you want to drink less or abstain. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> like we're the ones that judge ourselves about this stuff. There's not like this like framework saying like you're better if you do it this way or this way or this way. You get to decide what is best for you. You are the empower yourself with that decision. Make that decision now about what kind of goal you want to have with alcohol for the holidays, right? And then have your own back on that decision. If you want to make conscious decisions to drink more, you can, but love, like you can't beat yourself up about it. Then if you do, if you wake up and you feel like shit, you just would say, no, this is this decision that I made. And I'm going to have my own back on it and get out of the shame cycle. Right. If you want to drink less, make your goals to drink less, but there's no, like, there's no 
gold star award, <laughs> depending on how much you're drinking here. Let me know if you have any questions about that in the Q&A. Lori says, my goal is two glasses per occasion only. I'm nervous. Lori, why are you nervous? Lauren says, if you decide to drink more, then you should also plan how much more you decide to drink. Yes. So that's actually on the next slide. So this is what you want to do. You want to make a plan for the week. Okay. So this is what I have all of my clients do is I make them make a drink plan for the week. And this is an example of one, what it looks like. So every week between now and January 1st, every day, like, so like starting on Monday today, I would just do seven days out. So from Monday to Monday and you write, you know, Monday, no drinks, Tuesday, whatever, you know, this is just an example of a pretty common drink plan that people on my program would do. A couple of days, they've got some drinks planned and most of the time they're not drinking, you know, but if you want to make it to drink more, like make a conscious decision ahead of time, right? Like don't make the decisions to drink in the moment anymore. Like that is where you are getting into trouble is usually when you're making a choice to drink in the moment based on how you're feeling, that's when we overdo it. So to get out of that pattern, we want to make our decisions ahead of time when we're not in the loop and the desire or the urge to drink. We This is like engaging the higher part of our brain that has our best interests at heart. So when you think about making goals, making a plan, executing a plan, think about like building a house or a work project. You have the idea and then you have a plan and you put the plan on paper, right? And then you execute it or an Excel spreadsheet or something. This is the same thing here. We're not making in the moment decisions about this stuff because when you're making an in the, in the moment decision, that's usually from the lower part of your brain that just wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain and save energy. And that's not gonna serve you when it comes to over drinking or overeating. So make your drink plan a week in advance, okay? <laughs> now don't overthink this. <laughs> don't be like, well, I don't know what my plans are gonna be. I don't know what I'm gonna be doing socially. I don't know what's gonna be happening. Make your drink plan with, without knowing all the details, okay? Just do your best guess. Be comfortable if somebody invites you to do something at the last minute and you don't have drinks on your drink plan, practice going and not drinking and being uncomfortable, okay? Like you just wanna start working on honoring the commitments that you made to yourself. That's a muscle that you can increase and get really strong with is like, I say when I'm gonna do something, I do it. And it's, you're way more effective at, and you'll be more successful at doing it when you do this work. So get this out of your brain onto paper and write out the drink plan every week. Okay. I'm just going to go read all your questions because I'm sure you have some. Lori says one drink for me leads to four to six drinks. I have no moderator in my brain. It's just Lori, it's just because you haven't learned how that's all. So I don't believe that we, we'd have like this on or off switch. I don't believe that you have a very strong neural pathway that's been rewarded multiple times by drinking more than you want to. And you just have to learn how to undo that. Okay. You have to learn how to be with your urges and not drink more. So be open to the idea that you could do it. Okay. So change the way you're thinking. Like, don't, don't think that there's something wrong with you. Okay. Just like I mentioned that client in the beginning who had been suffering with this for 25 years, she thought she had major issues and she was able to apply what I'm teaching you here and be able to have the moderation and not have it, not make it be a big deal at all. Ooh, Allison says, I'm planning to not drink on Thanksgiving. Looking forward to having some sparkling mocktails with my kids instead. Yes. 
Maribeth says, I want to drink significantly less, but want to know what to replace it with. That's, that's a good question. So I would just plan like, you know, what kind of drinks do you like? Like there's so many other drinks that don't have alcohol in them. Right. (laughs) So if it's something like really sugary or sweet or something like that, I would just plan for it just like you would with alcohol or a non-alcoholic drink. I also would plan ahead for it. We don't want to just like, like, trick our brains that we're going to be using alcohol, like an alcohol-free substitute as like, oh, well, it's not alcohol, so it doesn't count. It does because your brain in the moment, like the first couple sips, it can't really tell yet that there's alcohol on board. And so the same sort of like urges and desires will still be present. You want to be conscious about the the non-alcoholic drinks as well. So I would still plan them in advance and don't make those in the moment decisions for those kind of drinks either. Robin says, I'm wondering if my occasional drinking on weekends is keeping my urge to drink other days strong. I don't want to be fighting urges all the time. Yeah. So I'm going to talk about urges in a minute, Robbie um, or Robin. So we don't want to fight urges. We want to actually allow and welcome them in. Sundays are the hardest regardless of the time of year. The Sunday scaries are real. Yeah. The Sunday scaries are, you know, just so people know, I, I believe this is what I think that they are. Is like you are just start getting anxious about the week, right? Like all the things that are coming down. Do mocktails help? Kirsten, I don't, you know, like I have had mocktails, like when I go out with my friends occasionally, but like I might have one, you know, is on a very special, like if it's at a really fancy restaurant and like they have a really great mixologist or something at the bar, I might be like, oh, I'm, you know, can you make me a really cool mocktail or something? And I might get into that for one drink, but I really don't recommend that you guys try to replace Like you just need to be okay with not having it, like be uncomfortable on purpose. I know like it doesn't sound like fun, but the more you can practice just like drinking sparkling water or something else that doesn't give your brain the dopamine kick, right? That's what's happening. It's like you want something to make you feel better. And it's like, even if it's a mocktail or a non-alcoholic beverage, your brain is still going to get a little overly excited about that. And you're not learning how to be in the presence of it without wanting it so much. So the way you want to reduce, like all of you guys have this over desire for alcohol, right? We talked about that already because of repetitive drinking. So to reduce that desire, which is where the freedom comes in, this is how I can be around all my family who still drinks heavily and all my friends and go on vacations and all the things and have holidays is like, I just don't want it. Like I do not care about it at all. My brain isn't lit up when I'm around it or offered it. Okay. Because I have a very, I have no desire for it anymore. I don't think about it. I don't dream about it. I don't wonder about it. It's gone. It's like, I never drink. Okay. So that's the real freedom that most people want to have. It's like, they just want to stop thinking about it. Stop being worried about it. Stop beating themselves up about it. Like get it out of my brain, you know? So you have to be in the situations and not drink sometimes or drink significantly less to reduce your desire and you don't want to trick your brain and that you're actually are drinking because it just is, you're just not going to progress as fast as you could. Can I just say only two drinks with friends and no drinking alone? No, Mary, you have to plan it out. <laughs> I mean, you can do that if you want. I have found that just saying that in my brain and not having a solid, this is the day that I'm drinking and this is the day I'm not, and this is exactly what I'm having. You are still making in the moment decisions. And that's what we want to get away from. Okay. So like you want to practice being with your friends and not drinking sometimes. So you can get the skill set, like I talked about earlier of being around it and not having that high desire for it. Okay. So I don't recommend just saying that because I'm guessing 
Most of you guys have just said it. I'm just going to do this and it doesn't work. Okay. So we're here to learn something new. I highly recommend that you do what I'm suggesting. Write it down, honor the plan as if it was any other plan that you would execute in any other area of your life. You are way more successful when you get the plan out of your brain and onto paper. Then your brain sees it written down. It's like, okay, this is real. We're going to execute it. I promise you, you'll be more successful. What are your thoughts on the folks that do the sober September or dry January? It's it's very kind of like what I mentioned earlier. It's like, you can say, I'm just going to take a 30 day break, but unless you're addressing the underlying reasons to why you're drinking, which is your emotions and learning how to feel and process that and looking how you're thinking about the areas in your life, then you can have it and you'll feel great probably after the 30 days, but you're going to just go back to your old ways. That's what, that's how it was for me. That's how it's been for a lot of my clients as well. A lot of people keep going after that and they, but I've, it's been very rare for me to hear, oh, I did a dry January and I changed my relationship with alcohol forever. I mean, because most of the time that people come to me, they, they haven't been able to get it under control. Right. So I don't hear from a lot of people that, you know, so my, my views could be a little skewed there. I'm just not hearing that from my people. By the time they come to me, they take these classes, they join my coaching programs because they've done things like that and it hasn't helped. So this is the benefit of planning. So this is from my customer, Ann. She had lost 15 pounds in five weeks, reduced her desire to overdrink, is honoring her drink plan to only have one or two drinks a couple nights a week, is exercising consistently, and has learned how to manage her emotions instead of reacting to them. She also reports that she doesn't think about alcohol all the time. Her mind is now focused on more important, meaningful things. And she wrote to me, I never thought in such a short time I wouldn't be agonizing each day whether to drink or not. She was a member of my coaching program. So I, I think what she says here is brilliant. I never thought in such a short amount of time, I wouldn't be agonizing whether to drink or not. That's the beauty of making a plan. You make your decision one time and then you don't have to think about it anymore. When your brain's like, oh, I want to drink tonight. Oh, it's not on the plan. I've already made that decision. I don't need to go back and forth and battle with myself over it and then end up drinking, right? You've got your plan. You've got it written out. You're going to stay committed to your plan. And then you're going to work on feeling of those urges and the other emotions that you've used, right? Or that you've used alcohol to kind of buffer away or numb out from, right? That's what is going to be left. And that's when you do that and you're open yourself up to feeling and experiences those feelings, wherever they are, then you're addressing the underlying issues. Okay. And you're not, and you're empowering yourself to solve your own problems instead of relying on alcohol or something or food or something outside of you to help yourself feel better, which we know that it doesn't, <laughs> right? Like look at all of your guys's lives with alcohol that are in this class. You don't like it. It does not help you feel better, <laughs> right? It's like you're, you're sacrificing your comfort and growth and what you feel like tomorrow for that in the moment, maybe it's a 30 minute to a 60 minute buzz, it's just not worth it, right? And it doesn't work. You're not fixing anything. The anxiety is still going to be waiting for you there the next day. And even not worse because, you know, alcohol anxiety is like throwing gas on a fire. Okay. So this is another part of the, the how to enjoy the holidays. We want to uncover some obstacles ahead of time. So you've got your drink plan, right? You're solid on your drink plan. You've got it written out. You're going to do it every week for the next week. You're going to write out your drink plan. Okay. And then we want to look ahead and identify the obstacles that you might have to sticking to that. So what might get in your way of executing and following your plan? All right. You want to ask yourself this questions. 
So the examples that I have here are families and friends asking you questions like, why aren't you drinking? <laughs> that would be an obstacle because we project that that's going to be a very awkward, difficult conversation to have with people, especially if, you know, most of us that like to drink, hang out with people that like to drink, <laughs> right? We're used to that and they're used to us drinking, right? So we, we get worried and hung up on a lot of times about what other people might say to us. We might have unexpected invitations that would be an obstacle, right? We might have really strong urges. Those are obstacles. Or our own thinking in our brains, like thoughts, like it won't matter, or it's the holidays, or overdoing it and then saying, oh, I'll just start in January and just like total fuck it mode <laughs> for the rest of the holidays, right? So these are some very common obstacles that you might want to look at before you start this, right? You want to have a plan for how you handle some of the obstacles that will come up and you will have them. To think that you're going to do this perfectly is just not, it's just not the case, right? You're going to have your drink plan and then some somebody's going to change the event or whatever. And you're like, well, I had planned a two drinks to go out socially. Well, I'm not going out anymore. What do I do? You need to have a plan for that obstacle. Okay, so these are some thought obstacles that you might have. So the old thoughts that you would have would be, I can't get through this family event without wine, right? <laughs> so the new thought that you could think would be, I can have fun and not drink. Or I can be a little uncomfortable with my family and it's okay. Old thought is not drinking is boring. New thought, I can get creative, okay? You know what's really boring is being stuck in the overdrinking cycle. <laughs> like think about that how boring how boring is it to like be doing the same old thing saying you're not going to drink then over drinking then waking up feeling like shit saying you're not going to drink over drinking waking up feeling like shit like being on that cycle that's boring right so you are preventing yourselves from a whole more meaningful fulfilling life with much more grander experiences when you have thoughts like that not drinking is boring because it's not even the truth, right? Like you don't even know. <laughs> I think my life is way more exciting now that I don't drink. I do way more things. I, I have way more adventures. I, you know, have way better relationships. I remember all the conversations I have. I have way more meaningful conversations with people. My relationships have improved. I mean, my life is way more exciting and thrilling now that I don't drink. So another thought might be, I don't want to feel uncomfortable. New thought, I'm choosing to be uncomfortable right? Like when you guys do this work and you go into a social situation and you, maybe it's not a non-drinking day and you say, I'm choosing to be uncomfortable right now, that puts you in the power seat instead of like, oh, I don't want to and avoiding that, right? You say, I want to feel uncomfortable because I'm going to grow from being uncomfortable. I'm going to reduce my desire for the alcohol when I choose to be uncomfortable on purpose, Right. So just look and see how you might have some of those old thoughts that you want to shift into new thinking. OK, so those might be your, our biggest obstacles, honestly, are what we think inside our own heads. So the more you can uncover your thoughts about this stuff and how you might think or feel and do write that down in your journal and like work through that and come up with a new thought to think you're going to be much more successful. Our thoughts in our brain create the results in our life. So our thoughts create our feelings. So like if you're thinking, oh my God, this is going to suck, then you might feel like a little worried, right? That's going to generate a feeling, not a, not a very fun feeling, right? And then from that feeling, we're like, oh, I might as well drink because it's going to suck, right? So that's how powerful our brain is. 
You want to look at how you're thinking about this stuff, change your thoughts so that you feel better and that you're not automatically prompted to go pour yourself a glass of wine. So the social interaction obstacle is what you do want to do is you want to visualize yourself in that social situation, having a good time, engaging with other people, talking openly, laughing, having fun without over drinking, like go there in your mind, like close your eyes and do a visualization exercise where you're like in the situation and you're just like, just make it like the ideal situation for you. What would that be like? What would you be saying? Who would you be talking to? What would be going on? Like, and notice how your brain isn't thinking about alcohol, like visualize that. Okay. Practice thinking that you will have fun without overdoing it. Really practice thinking like write that every day. I'm going to have fun this holiday without over drinking. I'm going to have fun this holiday without over drinking. Like write that thought down a thousand times during the season, like 25 times a day, like reprogram your brain to think that it's possible that you could have a great time without over drinking, no matter what. And then have an exit strategy for social situations. So for me in the beginning, like I would be like, okay, I'm going to go to this party for an hour or 90 minutes and then I'm going to leave. Right. So I didn't want to like sign up to go to a party and I was there from like, you know, 8 PM till midnight and not drink. That sounded awful to me in the beginning. It still kind of sounds awful to me now, to be honest, <laughs> And because I go to bed so early, but like, I'll go for 90 minutes, you know, I'll go for dinner and then go home. I'm not going to go out afterwards. So like, just have a plan of how you're going to leave before you go. And if you're driving with a spouse or a partner or something like that, just be like, I can leave and then come back and pick you up, like work that out together beforehand so that you have your own back in that situation. Have an exit strategy. It's very important. What you don't want to do is you don't want to worry about what other people are thinking. Like that does not help you at all. I promise. You worrying about what other people are going to think about you not drinking or drinking less or whatever makes you feel worried and anxious and overwhelmed. And then when you feel that way, you are more likely to drink. So you worrying about what other people are thinking is not going to help you stop over drinking. Your thoughts are what you want to pay attention to. So what are you thinking about your abilities to not overdrink is what you want to focus on. Okay. Also don't, 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 don't change your drink plan at the last minute. If you're invited to something unexpectedly, or you get freaked out before you go, or, you know, having people over or something that you won't be able to stick to your plan and then change your plan. Don't do that. That is coming from your primitive brain, the lower part of your brain that doesn't want you to be uncomfortable, that wants you to be in pleasure mode all the time and save energy, okay? And that does not have your best interests at heart. So stick to your drink plan, have an exit strategy, manage your mind before you go to those events, visualize it, visualize yourself being successful, write out in your journal that you're gonna be successful, share your goals with your people, tell them like that you're working on not drinking so much. And like, it'll open up an interesting conversation. I promise. All right. Like this is nothing to be ashamed of. If you are an overdrinker, people know that you overdrink. It's no secret. <laughs> okay. Like seriously, it's, you know, like people know and they overdrink too. So like, usually the biggest issue is like, what I have found is that people might think that you're judging them because they're not cutting back on their drinking. That's probably the biggest issue. But even if you, you wonder or think that they might be thinking that we don't know, unless they're coming, they're going to come around out and say it. So we don't know what other people are thinking. So don't spend your time wondering, just focus on you, focus on your goals. Okay. So I want to talk to you guys about urges. 
and about allowing the urges versus resisting them. We are used to the language of resisting the urge. I need to resist the urge, okay? And this is not the right language to use around it. So what you wanna do is allow the urge, okay? So resisting the urge, like the urge is just the desire to drink. The urge just pushes you into action into pouring that glass of wine, okay? So we don't wanna resist it, okay? We don't wanna drink, but we don't wanna resist the urge. Or resist is that, right? That tightness, that energy around it that feels hard and uncomfortable and you're holding your breath and you're in your head. You're like, I'm not going to do it. And right. And you're freaking out. That's resisting. Allowing is opening yourself up to feeling it. So it's like, oh, I'm having an urge. Okay. Where do I feel this in my body? An urge is a vibration in your body. Okay. So get out of your head and like stop thinking so much and go into your body and describe what the urge feels like in your body. So does it feel tightness in your throat? Does it feel tightness in your chest? Is your heart rate increasing? Ask yourself those kind of questions. And then as you're asking those questions, you're breathing and allowing and relaxing, breathing, allowing and relaxing. You stop thinking. Okay. So if you notice your brain thinking about alcohol again or the food or whatever it is, come bring it back. Like, no, we're not thinking about it. We're not doing it. We're processing this urge and bring it back to your body. Focus on your breath and on the exhale, you're relaxing into it. You're allowing it some space to be there, to be processed and felt. Okay. It's like, I like to think about a beach ball being held underwater. The resistance is holding that beach ball underwater. You have to really push it down for a long time, right? And like kind of maneuver it. Allowing it is letting that beach ball kind of sit on top of the water in front of you. It's like, it's all right. You can be here. There's no, there's no problem here. This is like some of the stuff that we are most scared of. We are scared of this experience that if we, we think if we allow ourselves to feel it or something like that, that we're never going to get out of it, but it has the opposite effect. And this is the same way you process all of your feelings, your anxiety, um, anger, any of it, happiness, excitement, any of it is the same exact process as what I'm teaching you here. I'm just using one feeling urges because it's the most relevant to this class. Okay. So it's the same way. If you're feeling anxious and you tend to want to go drink from that place, you allow and you process that through. Okay. And this is a skill that you just need to practice over and over and over again. The more you can allow your urges and, and work on this, the more your desire will go down. It took me about three social situations for me not to have strong urges anymore. It really, like once you, once it clicks for you and you're like, oh, pause and allow and breathe, pause, allow and breathe. It really, like it, it dissipates really, really fast. It's, it's really not something to be scared of. Okay. But it's going to take some practice, some conscious effort, just like learning how to ride a bike. Got to practice, practice, practice before you learn how to do it and becomes easy for you. Okay. Sometimes it takes longer for people. It just depends, right? So just be open to it. Tell yourself when they come, I want to feel this urge. I want to feel this because when I allow and feel this urge, my desire goes down. I want to feel this because my desire will go down. Okay. All right. This is what Lori wrote about allowing urges. She said, I had a very fabulous and successful Thanksgiving celebration with my family. I honored my drink plan and all was well. This work is hard, but it's so worth it. When I can get a hold of the why, it will reveal to me the thought and feeling combo that is driving my drinking and other things I need to get working on. I'm so glad I said yes to this opportunity. Thanks, Angela, for guiding us through. So it's like, it's you like, think about the experience that you'll have 
when you wake up the day after Thanksgiving, you don't overdrink. That's where the fun and the joy and the celebration comes. Like, oh my gosh, I did that, right? Like, it's kind of like a little bit of a delayed gratification thing. It might be a little uncomfortable, right? You might have to process an urge, but you're going to feel like the benefit of that is going to overflow into the next day in the following days, in the following days. Whereas if you give into that urge in the moment, right? The wretched, like the, the after effect of the over drinking also lasts a really long time, just keeps you stuck. So there's a benefit and a purpose of feeling uncomfortable on the front end of it instead of on the back end. So the front end uncomfortableness, allowing those urges, being willing to feel uncomfortable with it um, has a purpose. It moves you closer to your goals. Whereas being uncomfortable at the back end of it with being, you know, over drinking and all of it the next day keeps you stuck. Does that make sense? Right, I'm just going to check the Q&A here. Lauren says, what if some family members are the obstacles? Being around them is anxiety inducing and makes over drinking tempting. So Lauren, what I want to tell you, this is like a very quick answer is that other people can't cause your feelings because your thoughts cause your feelings. Your anxiety is caused by how you are thinking about your family members. Okay. If you guys have not checked out my podcast, it's called Stop Over Drinking and Start Living. And I go deep into these type of topics on a weekly basis. We're getting, we're coming up on a 100th episode the week after next. I go deep into a lot of this stuff and um, explain a little bit more on a deeper level every week. So I highly recommend that you um, check out my podcast. It's on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, all the big um, podcast players. It's on my website, AngelaMasenic.com. Um, if you're on my email list, I email out my episode every week. So I highly recommend that you go listen to that and I get into those deeper things. But basically other people, circumstances outside of us like COVID or the presidential election cannot cause us to feel. We have to have a thought about that circumstance or about that other person before we have a feeling. Okay. So this is part of like being, being an emotional adult that I teach my clients is like, I'm in charge of my feelings. I'm the, I'm the generator of my feelings and nothing outside of me can make me feel. So the reason why we, we just aren't taught this stuff, like we're not taught about emotions as children or in schools or anything like that. Um, so anyway, you might want to check out the podcast. <laughs> I feel like I won't have my great personality without drinking. <laughs> Lori, you've got to figure out what your personality is. Like, I like to think about it too. It's like, if you're just drinking in the evenings or at parties or something like that, there's, you've got your whole day where you're interacting with people, right? Like, what do you do at, at a work function when there's not alcohol? Like you have fine conversations with them. We don't think about it then, right? Like a work meeting or something, you're talking to other people, engaging with other people and you're not drinking. You don't need to. It's just some of these situations that we're used to, we've programmed ourselves to think that we need alcohol to have a good time or to like have fun or like to be out, outgoing and stuff like that. It's just not true. So challenge yourself on that a little bit. <laughs> Nina says, when having an urge, is it okay to talk to yourself into the reasons why not to overdrink, not reckoning, hurting people, restless nights, puffiness? I don't know. I mean, you can try it and see if it works. I think the most, like when you're having an urge, like getting out of your brain and into your body and just focusing on what you feel like physically is the way to process it through. Um, 
you saying, okay, if you don't overdrink and you're, you're not going to make a, a fool out of yourself, you're not going to hurt other people. Again, your brain wants the, just wants to be comfortable in the moment and it's willing to sacrifice all that stuff in the future for it to have its hit in the moment. Okay. So I find that that doesn't really work. Um, another good trick is to say, okay, I could drink or I could just try allowing the urge. I could work on processing this urge first. And always, I do this with food all the time, always when I say, okay, there's a choice I could, or I could process this urge. And I try to process the urge and I go through and I do what I just told you guys to do. It goes away and I forget about it. So try that, like give yourself an out. You know what I mean? Like I could, or I could do this, just pausing, stopping, acknowledging and breathing through that is might be all that you need to do. All right. So this is just me for my 40th birthday. I was in Chicago. <laughs> my husband made a surprise birthday party for me and invited all of my long-term friends. And we went out dancing for my 40th birthday. And I'm drinking club soda while everybody else is drinking. And this is because I allowed myself to feel a little uncomfortable and worked on those urges. You know, this was three months into my work to stop over drinking. And I had a great time, you know, I was a little tired the next day because I stayed up later than normal, but I did not have a hangover and I did not have any regrets or shame or any of that stuff about over drinking. It was a great time. Nobody judged me. We all had a good time. Like I was, I was like, you guys just go drink. Like, seriously, it does not bother me. And they did. And it was great. Like there, I still have all the same friends that I did. I, I, they, my relationships have not changed. They've been nothing but supportive. If not, I think like my relationships with these people have gotten better because I share some of this stuff about myself and we talk about deeper things than we did when we're just throwing back drinks all the time. This is what another member of the program said, your coaching program has changed my life. I'm only six weeks in and my urges are gone. Would have never believed it after three to five glasses a day. So you guys, you can have fast results with this stuff. Make your drink plan. <laughs> Focus on allowing and processing those urges, writing your goals down, okay? Having your own back about your goals and just like working on this stuff, journaling out your thoughts. Like if you do everything that I shared here today, there's no reason why you can't have a successful holiday and not wake up in the morning full of regret and puffiness, swearing that you'll make changes that you never do. Like stop it. <laughs> All right, so there's another obstacle that I wanna talk about with you guys. This is the fuck it obstacle. <laughs> and this is the, when you beat yourself up, when you overdrink. Okay. So you have to stop being hard on yourselves when you do overdrink. So say you have your drink plan and you end up not following it. Do not use that as an opportunity to be hard on yourself. Being hard on yourself does not work. I love this quote. You've been criticizing yourself for years and it hasn't worked. Try approving of yourself and see what happens by Louise Hay. You know, being hard on yourself doesn't work because if it did, None of you guys will be on this webinar, <laughs> right? Being hard on yourself does not work because being hard on yourself makes you feel bad. And when you feel bad and you feel shame and regret and all that self-loathing, what do you do? You drink because you don't want to feel that way, right? It doesn't work. Okay. So start changing your thoughts to ones that will help you stop over drinking. Like I, I overdrank last night, but I'm willing to figure this out. What can I learn about what, what feeling I didn't want to feel last night? What, what happened last night? You know, and like do an evaluation about it, like go to your journal and write about it, actually use it as an opportunity to learn something instead of beating yourself up. Okay. 
You also want to start filling your brain with as much counter alcohol content as you can. And I'm not an advocate for saying no alcohol at all. Like I believe you can have any relationship you want with alcohol. I don't believe that alcohol is the enemy. Alcohol is actually not the problem. The problem is we're using alcohol to solve the way we feel and to manage our lives for the most part. Okay. So alcohol is not the problem. It's why you're using alcohol in the first place, which is the problem. Okay. But you want to start reading stories about people that have overcome this, listening to podcasts. Like you can listen to my podcast. There's a bunch of other ones out there too. read books, right? Like start, like when I first did this, I unfollowed all the wineries on my Instagram page. Like I just didn't need all the influx of media about how beautiful these glasses of wine works. It just made me wanted them, right? Books, podcasts, the Stop Over Drinking and Start Living podcast, blogs, um, connecting with people that are working on this, anything that you can do to support your goals and reading literature and putting new information about it into your brain is helpful. All right, so what I teach is I teach you how to identify which repetitive thoughts are creating results in your life that you no longer want such as being an overdrinker. <laughs> I coach you how to change your thoughts to get better results in your life. Remember your thoughts create your results in your life. And I coach you how to think about all the areas in your life in a way that feels good so that you don't want to escape from your life with alcohol or food. And when you change the way you think and you learn how to feel, that's when you make permanent changes with your relationship with alcohol. And if you don't do that work, it's going to be a quick fix. It really will. Like you'll, you'll say, I'm going to do something and it'll be a short-term thing. And then you'll just, you know, you're not, you're not solving the why. So you got to solve the why if you want to make this a long-term solution. So this is um, something I'm really proud to read. This is uh, recently in our, in my coaching program, I have a private Facebook group for just people inside to connect and we share and I coach them there. And so they, this is where I get all these um, quotes from the members, but Month six celebrations become much bigger than the drinking plan. Newer ladies to this program, you'll not only lose weight and get control of your drinking, you will uncover all the shit in your life that's been holding you back. Everything has improved in my life. I have control over my thoughts and feelings, and I'm teaching that to my kids and my clients too. I now have complete control over my brain, my thoughts, my feelings, all of it. I am able to carry this through my parenting, my role as a wife, and my work. Celebrations? Yes, ma'am. So like, you know, the drinking aspect, like I just told you, it's really not about the alcohol. It's why you're using it in the first place. And usually it's to solve problems in our lives or to feel something that we currently don't feel. And when you do that work, it becomes so not about the alcohol. And we work on making your life better so that when you leave coaching, you feel better and you feel empowered and you feel like you can do anything. It's amazing. So for me, it was just, I wanted to not want it. I kept thinking, I want to not want this. I want to not think about this all the time. Um, I just wish I could take a pill, like a magic pill that would just wash out the desire for alcohol. That's what I used to think. And I also thought like, I can't wait to not want this so I can focus on creating and building my business. And I wondered what I could create when I went through this. And I had no idea what was on the other side. I really, really didn't. This was never part of my plan <laughs> to become a coach that helped other women step over drinking. But it was so life-changing for me that I just, it, it uncovered so much about my life and improved my life so much. I'm like, I can't not teach this to other people. So I became somebody that did that. So I want you guys to picture yourselves. Okay. So close your eyes and just sort of listen to me for a second. What does the woman do during the holidays instead of over drinking and overeating? Instead of ruminating and getting angry at her relatives, her <laughs> kids. What do you do instead of using food and alcohol to solve that? What does your time in your day look like? What do you want to accomplish 
this year, it's not over yet, that you haven't yet. So think about how that person moves through the day. What does she think when she wakes up in the morning? What does she do first thing in the morning? Is she getting more things done around the house? Is she, you know, finishing up some work projects? She's not thinking about food and alcohol all the time, right? She's not beating herself up about over drinking. She's not worried about going to social functions over drinking. So I really want you to visualize this, even just visualize yourself going to a party that maybe you have planned, right? Or even if it's a Zoom party and showing up and having a good time and not worried about over drinking. Okay, so just spend a second here and think about that and then type that in the Q&A. What does that person look like? What are you doing? Yes, I actually plan, cook, and enjoy putting new recipes together for my family. It sounds lovely, smiling and laughing, walking every morning. I feel relaxed, confident, and okay. Yes. She's making a plan and sticking to it. I'm getting so much more done, organizing, reading books. So fun. Connect more meaningful with family and friends. Walking and reading more. In control of myself, happy, content. Greet each morning with gratitude and celebrating the wins, big and small. Not worry if my clothes will fit by late December. Yes. Meditate, journal, exercise, cook, decorate the house for the holidays, enjoying every second of it. No judgment if I do have alcohol, but diffusing its power along the way. I love it, Julia. So good. So you guys, you guys can see this. Like, you know, if you can visualize that in your head, you can absolutely have those results. You absolutely can. Believe it. Practice being that person right now before you even are in the situation with the holidays, right? More, more productive, more quality time with the kids and setting a good example for them. I love that. Ooh, I want to learn how to knit. Yes. Be more focused at work and become a good attorney. Enjoys holiday fun without feeling guilty the next day or in January. In January, yes. Like, let's get a, like like let's like not wait for twenty twenty one. Like twenty twenty, even though it's been a crazy ass year, doesn't have to end like that, right? Like we can make major progress before this year is over by applying what I taught you guys in this class. Enjoying my life, lots of fun things, watching my grandbaby and not having my daughter ask if I've been drinking. Oh, man. Yes. So good. All right, you guys, you got this. You guys can see what's possible, right? Like you can visualize that. You absolutely can do it. So the benefits for life coaching to stop over drinking is learning how to feel any emotion will eliminate that need for alcohol. You won't be using it to solve your issues anymore. And when you don't want alcohol and you don't need it, it's easy to not over drink. It really, really is. You can become comfortable with who you are in social situations. You're not worrying or stressing about how much you'll drink or if you will drink. You remove that regret and shame and guilt when you do over drink and seeing that you are normal. Seriously, I hope you guys see that here that you are absolutely normal. Your over desire for alcohol is a normal thing with repetitive drinking. Okay. There's not something wrong with you. And when you see that, you feel better about yourself. So what is possible for you guys? This is what Lori wrote. She helped me set a goal, taught me how to honor my commitments. And I worked on identifying, feeling, and processing my emotions. This coaching was the game changer for me. Not only did I get the tools to stop over drinking, but then I got over myself and completely tackled all the paper piling up around the house. And now I'm decluttering the house top to bottom. So good. So what I teach is like, yep, we're going to get the over drinking under control, but we're going to start building a life 
that you actually want to live, okay, and doing the things that you want to be doing and help you execute towards those types of goals. This is Catherine. I love this story. She's This is Catherine pictured here with all these balloons in the number one. She celebrated one year without alcohol. And she wrote, Angela helped me change my life. I'm a successful, fully functioning business owner. I can make decisions all day long, but I couldn't stop my nightly drinking. I felt annoyed and helpless and a bit hopeless. With Angela's help, I learned to journal, to honor my commitments to myself, to replace my thoughts with intentional thoughts, and to feel, allow my feelings. It really has been a life-altering experience. I only wish I had made the discovery when I was younger. But nonetheless, I've made changes and continue to grow daily. My business is running better than before, even in a pandemic. Why? Because I'm a better, stronger, and more aware version of me. I recommend Angela's coaching regardless of your area of growth you want to achieve. She will help you get there. She is fully vested to help her clients live their best life. I couldn't be happier with my time with Angela and the results achieved. Life is a journey, and I like the road I am on now, Catherine. Catherine was 60, 61 years old. She had decades of overdrinking, and she changed this with six months with me. And you can too. You don't have to, it doesn't have to take 20 years. It doesn't have to take a lifelong journey of, you know, suffering with this shit. Like you can get over this fast. That's one of the really fun things I like about life coaching is like, you can have really fast results by just shifting your thoughts, learning how to feel, being good at being uncomfortable and you can do anything. I promise. This is Amy, her before and after picture. And she posted in our private Facebook group. She said, I just want to give a quick update and offer some support and hope to the newcomers. About a year ago, I started with Angela. My life's focus before was food and alcohol. When can I get it and how much of it can I get? Today, my focus is health and wellness. I exercise almost daily. I feel my feelings. I meal plan. I plan drinks. I journal daily and seek out friends to share similar interests. I am down 56 pounds and I went from a size 14 to a size six. She's never been a size six in her life. And I'm consuming far less alcohol. My desire for it went from like a nine or a 10 to a two. Journaling was such a huge part of my life. It's a daily must. What I've realized through journaling is that this whole process is a journey. It's not a quick fix, rather it's a lifestyle. And I used to feel like I was chasing a goal, but then I realized the process is my goal and things begin to fall in place. Stay strong. You all deserve it. I love Amy. If you guys have listened to my podcast, I actually have two episodes with when Amy came on right after she finished coaching with me a year ago. And then I just had her on a couple of weeks ago for a one year after she stopped working with me and what has changed for her in her life. It's really, really good. I highly recommend you, you go listen to that. All right, you guys write this down. This is something worth doing. I am worth it. This will help me be a life slayer. I want more in my life. Write that down. Cement what you have learned in this class and do something with it. Now's the time to actually apply and not just learn and absorb. You actually have to put pen to paper and apply what I'm teaching you here, okay, to make the changes. It's, it's, I know a lot of it clicks and it makes sense and everything, but what you do after this class is over is where the changes are gonna happen. All right, so you guys, why'd you come today? You came because you're interested in coming back and how much you drink during the holidays and you want to end 2020 strong, take back control and start living the life you want to live, right? This year has been so hard for so many people and we have felt out of control and like we don't have choices so much, but you actually have a lot more control than you think you do, especially around the alcohol stuff. You don't have to continue going on the way you have been. It's a choice. And once you learn how to navigate that and start making decisions for yourself and thinking differently, you really can make big changes. So these are some of my before and afters. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm going to talk to you guys now about my six-month coaching program. It's called Stop Over Drinking and Start Living. 
So if you identify with these things, you'd probably be a good fit for it. So if you tell yourself you only have one or two, but you typically drink more than you want to, you feel frustrated with yourself when you wake up in the morning, you struggle with honoring your commitments, you've tried to cut back in the past, but failed to make it a permanent solution. You often drink as your go-to for relaxation or to pleasure or to wind down. And sometimes you don't do the things that you actually want to be doing. And you might feel stuck or overwhelmed and not sure if you can actually do it. So if you identify with that, then you're probably a good fit for the program. After the program, you'll permanently stop over drinking. You'll have freedom in your mind when you're not thinking about it all the time. In the morning, if you're gonna drink, if you're not gonna drink, during the drinking, like all that time, you'll have to think about something else that's more meaningful in your life. You'll have the skill to process your emotions and not respond to them. You're gonna save money on alcohol and miss opportunities maybe in your career. You can enjoy social situations without drinking or having a couple without over drinking. And I will also tell you, I need to add to this is that all of your relationships will improve because we, we work a lot about worrying about what other people think, right? So that comes back to when you think about what other people might judge you or think about you if you're not drinking or something in these upcoming social situations, all of that causes you to stay stuck. Okay. And it takes the focus away from you and onto them. And that doesn't help you move forward. So the six month small group coaching program, it's for women only. Um, I've got 10 spots to join me this month and it's application only. Um, I want to make sure you'd be a good fit for the program that you're not physically addicted to alcohol and you know, you resonate with what I teach. So I, I'm going to give you guys a link to fill out an application to join it if you're interested in. But each week of the six months, you're going to have opportunities to get live coaching by me twice a week over Zoom. And then we get two additional calls per month where I'm going to help you make your food plans, your drink plans. I'm going to help you um, tweak your goals, create your goals, and I'm going to teach you how to self-coach yourself. So there's a total of 10 calls a month. And they're about an hour, hour and 15 minutes long. And then all of the live calls are recorded and uploaded to a members only website where you can watch on replay. So if you can't make all the live calls, which I don't expect anybody to, to be able to make this volume of calls, I have this number of calls to accommodate all the different time zones and all, you know, in the US and we've got international students as well. So I say to be successful in the program, try to attend one live call a week. I have them at various times, like if you think about a working schedule in the morning, around the lunch hour, after work, and on the weekends. So you should be able to attend at least one call live and get coached. Also inside the program, there's monthly workbooks and videos that will they'll do you some like self-guided work that's actually applying some of the core concepts that I teach. So you have a workbook every month and you have videos. And that time commitment is about 15 to 20 minutes a day. So the first month when you join, it's all about learning about feelings. How to identify your feelings, name them, process them, why you got the feelings going on in the first place. And like, you know, applying what I'm teaching you about that in the workbook. Okay. And then the next month is a different deep dive into one area and so on throughout the rest of the program. And then I also do bonus workshops inside the program on, we do work on relationships, weight loss, feelings workshop. Actually this Wednesday, I'm doing a new one for members only. It's a new weight loss workshop for everybody inside the program. So it's a full life supporting <laughs> program. So you like whatever struggles you are, you have in your life, there's a resource here inside the program for you. And then you also have exclusive access to my original podcast. It was called Lessons on Self-Coaching. And that is a podcast that I produced before I was a life coach. And I documented my whole journey 
that I took um, when I learned about life coaching and applied this work to myself to lose, you know, 55 pounds and stop over drinking. And so my members have that exclusive availability to listen to that original podcast. The membership also includes a private Facebook group where I provide unlimited written coaching on any subject. So you can get daily support from me inside the program. So it's just me and their coaching and we keep the numbers small so I can give the kind of hand-holding support that I want to for my clients. And um, if so, if you need coaching in between our coaching calls, you just go to the Facebook group and not only will I help you, but other members that have been maybe been in it longer can come and help and provide advice as well. It's a really great group of people. So again, what you will get when you go through the six months is the permanently stopping over drinking, the freedom with your mind isn't thinking about it all the time, the skills to process your emotions and not be so reactive to them, saving money, following through on the commitments you made to yourself, and the time to focus on what's really important besides worrying about drinking all the time. So the investment for the six month is $3,600. That includes the six months of coaching support, the two to three coaching calls a week, plus daily support in the private Facebook group and the bonus courses and content. So the additional bonuses I'm offering just today for this webinar for the people who attended live in this class is if you guys get your applications in and you're approved and you sign up and join the program, I'm going to send you a blank journal and a copy of my favorite sort of before and after story about somebody who has overcome their um, alcohol issues called a happier hour, okay? You have to get your applications in and approved within 24 hours to get the bonuses. Did you love the class? So good, right? So I want you guys to actually apply now what I just taught you. Get your journal out, get a notebook out, get a blank piece of paper out and make your drink plan for the next seven days. Identify the obstacles that you would have looking forward and Write out how you plan to navigate those. Learn and practice how to feel your urges so that you can go into your social situations, whether it's just you on Zoom with your family or you actually are going to be around people and get some confidence around how you're going to handle those urges, allow and process, know that being uncomfortable is part of this and lean into it. Accept the uncomfortableness. Don't fight it. Be with it. Say you want to feel it and you guys will be successful. Also, I am happy to extend my bonuses that I announced in this podcast for the webinar. So if you get your application in within 24 hours of this podcast being published, you and you're approved, I will send you my book, my favorite book, A Happier Hour and a Blank Journal. So in your application, just write that you um, listen to the podcast and you, within 24 hours and to get the bonuses, leave me a little note about that. And I'll make sure if you're approved that you get those bonus materials. I want you in, this is the time I want to celebrate you and reward you for making a decision on this. You guys have waited long enough. I want you in for 2020. Let me help support you throughout the rest of the holidays in the beginning of 2021 to stop over drinking and start living. Click through to the show notes, watch the three videos and get your applications in my friends. I love you so much. And I'll talk to you on the 100th episode next week. Bye.